0: Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, we'll have a full reaction after watching the hour-long press conference where Michael Ann Lauer was introduced as Sen's majority owner. And we have some interesting training camp lines. Are these
1: lines set in stone? Probably not, but you know we're going to overreact to them.
0: And especially on the top pair on the blue line. We'll get into all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Welcome inside episode 879 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains. A reminder that you can find Locked On Senators wherever you download your podcast. We are also free and available on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. You can also find the show on Twitter at Send Central. On Instagram, lockedon.senators. Today is Friday, September 22nd. A date to remember because, Pilsy, I'm not exaggerating. When I say this was one of the greatest days in franchise history. Yeah, this is a
1: monumentous day, as they said over and over. And like Michael Anlauer said, finally, I mean, this has been a long time coming. 321 days uh, of a process, and now everything's official. Gary Bettman was in the building. All the alumni were in the building. It was a great showing for this media day. Presser uh, announcing Michael Andlauer and his group of, of investors as the official owners of the Ottawa Senators. And I think every Sens fan watched this and felt like, okay, this is the beginning of a new era. Stability Fan-focused and focused on the success of the team on ice, those are all things that really kind of shined in this presser. And I think Michael Anlar did a great job with his first kind of official showing to the media and fans.
0: And I don't want to make this into a comparison versus the last regime, which we know got stale. It ended horribly. I don't want to do that, but it was such a refreshing breath of air when he began by saying it's an employee-first business mentality and a player-first owner is what Michael Anlauer wants to be. I think Sens fans are going to be excited to know that he and his family have a place in Westboro. He's going to be, he says, at about four out of every five games. He's going to be boots on the ground. He wants to help build this thing up. And I know we've got a lot of listeners in Gatineau that are going to be extremely excited with how much emphasis he's putting on the region as a whole. Sylvain Celeron from Ladoit, a friend of the show, he asked the best question yet. He's like, why is it so important to you? And it, it was almost his answer. Was like, how could it not be? It's a, it's a huge part of the region and what makes the National Capital Region so special. I mean, especially if you're going to build right at Le Breton Flats, you, you can see over the, the river from there. So I just think that he hit every major talking point right on the head. And we also have to give stick taps right off the bat. The real leader is back. One of the founding fathers of the Senators organization, Surreal Leader, will be the CEO of the Ottawa Senators after a five-year absence. Pilsy, they went through five CEOs in the five years that he was away from the team. So now he's back. That's great. Aaron Crow, the reigning uh, finan- CFO of the year in Ottawa, is adding Chief Operating Officer to her title as well. So congratulations to Aaron Crow, who also briefly left the organization but was brought back. So a lot of great news off the ice, nothing to do with uh, hockey ops, but man, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid faster than Pierre Dorian was drinking that champagne in his, uh, you know, they did the little cheers, the toast at the end after Lauer put on the Sens jersey. Yeah, and uh, I think
1: all Sens fans uh, could enjoy a glass of champagne after uh, this event,
0: and this is... We had ours after he was named Preferred Bitter. Go check out that live stream. Suits and Champagne at 9 in the morning. Yeah, it was great.
1: It was great. I mean, I, I've I've got some champagne on hand, so I'll, I'll definitely be uh, dabbling in a glass in a celebrating that as this could possibly be the greatest Friday of my life, Ross.
0: And what else did you need to hear then? Did you hear? T- tell me you heard. You know what I'm going to bring up, right? No. He mentioned all the partners he has. He says there's six CHL owners that are a part of it, including... The owner of your Guelph Storm is invested in the Ottawa Senators. Oh, damn! I
1: didn't, I didn't pick up on that. I know uh, the Oshawa guy, uh, Rocco. I'm, I'm forgetting his last name. Julio. No. Yes, uh, he, he's involved as well. And yeah, just to touch on what you talked about, uh, bringing Cyril Leader back, I think is great. Especially that's someone that was very involved with the Senators building the new arena. They're trying to build another arena here, so I think that's a good guy to have in the mix. And he's obviously very well liked and. Kind of um, definitely everyone that had worked for the Sens was happy to see him come back, which is great. And yeah, I think the focus on being a employee and player first owner is so important because it's a trickle down effect. Right. Like if if your owner doesn't have the right mindset and isn't kind of setting the standard then everyone else isn't, isn't going to fall in line. That's the key to leadership. And I think Michael Anlauer really showed, he emphasized, he wanted to make it very clear that that was his focus. And I like how he said, Ross, he's going to be at all these games. So he's going to be around. He's going to be very present, but he's not going to be a hands-on type. I'm going to make all the decisions. I, everything goes through me like that kind of guy. He's going to be there. He's going to be around, but He has hired people and he's going to continue hiring people that he believes can succeed in their job. And he's going to let them do their job. And he almost said it kind of tongue in cheek. Like if I make the decisions, they can't be held accountable, which maybe sounds a little a little strange, but that that's fair. Like you need to be able to be propped up and congratulated and glorified for good decisions. But at the same time, you got to be held accountable for when you make mistakes or maybe things aren't working out. So I do think that's the right approach. And Every like Ross, I don't know about you, but I found myself clapping during the press conference, and then I'm like, "Wait, what am I doing? I'm I'm in the a base a room in my basement in Collingwood for a Ottawa presser, and I'm clapping along. Like it just it it felt good. It felt
0: good. It felt right. And I loved. He had a ton of zingers. We'll get to in the next segment, but he just seems so natural, and he's got a presence to him. And I didn't realize he's got to be like six three, six four. Because well, Gary Bettman is. Not so tall. But when they all stood up together for that photo, like he was towering over Pierre Dorian and Gary Bettman and even Cyril Leader as well. The
1: Sens would draft him as a left-shot defenseman. Let's just say that.
0: Definitely they would. And, I mean, <laughs> they took the draft day photo at the end. But, Pilsy, I want to t- pick up on that because, to me, that was my biggest takeaway in all this. Uh, well, a couple things. His number one priority, he was very clear, it's the new arena, which makes sense. It has to be done at some point in the next five years, he believes. Hopes. But they were pressing him on that. and It was a lot of like the non-sports media that was there, you know, and, and the news outlets, they got questions to asked, too. But it was yeah. all about the real estate, the real estate. It's like, OK, what do you want him to do? Like make grand statements? He's been the owner for 12 hours. Like, yeah. and I, I like that he said that he's like,
1: like that one reporter as soon as I, I don't want to bash her. But like when she said, what's the timeline?
0: He's like, I don't, it's my second day here. Like, I don't know. Like, are you? When are you guys moving in? Can I buy seats yet? Like, let's go.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it'll happen over time. Now, what will happen right away is going to be the hands-on accountability. Where he was saying, like, he is hands-on in in the sense that he's going to be there. It's yes. not like a silent investor where he's going to be in. Hmm, let's think of a random place. Somewhere in the Caribbean, Barbados. Yeah, maybe a bar there. Random. Works? Right just just out of nowhere, we'll just throw that out randomly. No, he's going to be in Ottawa. I like how he's like, yeah, he's got his place at the GTA. He's, he's kind of tongue-in-cheek. And again, we'll get in the next segment to some other great one-liners. But he's like, I kind of have a billion-dollar publicly traded company. I'm the CEO. I kind of have to be in a couple different places. I might be I might be in the mix, yeah. I might be in the mix. But he, w- he says 45-minute flight. He's going to be in Ottawa as often as he can. The passion shone through for Michael Anlauer, but put people in the right position and allow them to make the decisions that he's hired them to make. So I really like that philosophy that he's going to have. I love the fact that he's bringing Gatineau in the mix. And I also love that he, he seems like he's hes a fun guy, not to take right out of the Kawhi Leonard <laughs> dictionary, but nice to meet you, Bruce. You know so much about me. <laughs> it's, it's nice to Bruce find you. Bruce must have loved that loved it so yeah let's get to some more of those one-liners and what it means that michael Anlauer is now in charge officially he's got the keys the new house smell uh 20 year old house smell at the canadian tire center that locker room smell but what it is it's a fresh start for the ottawa Senators. so we'll get into that some more in the next segment and then wrap up today's show With line combinations. We could have done a whole episode based on the fact that Thomas Shabbat's playing the right side. Matthew Joseph is at center. Is he is he a placeholder for Shane Pinto? Or is this something that we're gonna unlock in Matthew Joseph's repertoire going into this season? That's all next. You're listening to Locked On Senators.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Guys. Bird dogs are the shorts, pants for any occasion. I'm surprised Gary Bettman and Michael Ann Lauer and Surreal Leader weren't wearing their bird dogs on stage because that's how good they look. You can look your best with bird dogs. But the key, obviously, you want to look good. But if you're not feeling good, it's not not the one-two punch you want. With bird dogs, you can look good and feel good. And that's why we love bird dogs. I'm stretching short season, Ross. I don't... Call me crazy, but I'm wearing my Bird Dog shorts in the September, you know, plus 15 range. I'm still rocking the Bird Dogs because they're just so darn comfortable. They look so good. I love all their patterns. And what I love best about Bird Dogs, and I'm going to emphasize this every time, they've got that anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So whether you're going for a bike ride, golfing, being announced as the majority owner of the Ottawa Senators franchise, you can look good wearing bird dogs so go to birddogs.com slash locked on nhl or enter promo code locked on nhl at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle they always hook you up with a little free something at the end of the day and just for our listeners that's birddogs.com slash locked on nhl for a free
0: water bottle at checkoff at checkout you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you today's episode is also brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. Go check out the Glebe Central Pub in the heart of the Glebe at 779 Bank Street and make sure you let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. Today is an Ottawa Red Blacks game day. And the way the season's going for the Red Blacks and their 3-10 and record, you want to load up at the Glebe Central Pub on your way down to Lansdowne. So go have some fun. 779 Bank Street, walking distance to TD Place, walking distance to Lansdowne, and make sure you get your dinner there. Go have a good time, and then head there after the game, too. Why wouldn't you? If you don't want to actually go see the Red Blacks and you know be in that experience, you can always watch the game, too, at the Glebe Central Pub. It's always amongst friends at the Glebe Central Pub. Head there alone. Head there with a the group. Always know that you're going to be well taken care of and amongst Great people. Trivia night, darts, you name it. They got it at the Glebe Central Pub. So go visit them at 779 Bank Street and make sure you let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. All right, Pilsy. Segment two, Michael Anlauer Day here on Locked On Senators again again I feel like this process has been tumultuous we have a playlist on YouTube if you want to go kind of see how this whole thing is done anytime we talk mainly about ownership I've thrown it in that playlist so go check it out but Pilsy I'd like to congratulate you me yeah okay Michael says he might be the owner but it's actually the fans who are the real owners of this team so you're the owner you know what? I'm gonna do what's best for the fans.
1: I'm gonna do what's best for the city of Ottawa and the Gatineau area. And merci beaucoup.
0: Absolutely. Hey, credit to him for battling through the French I know he's from Montreal, but clearly English first language for for Michael Anlauer. And he got through the first question well. And the second question you could tell. It's like that's a lot to, to ask right back and forth. But I thought I his like- French was great. I thought he nailed it. And speaking of the French, we don't want to spend too much time talking about the Habs, but obviously he had a, a minority stake. I loved this part. And it was one of the last questions. Shout out John Abbott. Love having abs in the booth too, asking questions. And he asked a question about the alumni. And one of Michael Anlauer's things, he said when he was uh, introduced or brought on with the Montreal Canadiens, one of the first things that they did was put Guy Lafleur on the payroll for life. Like just these little, like uh-huh. maybe not little, I'm sure like, and, hockey players were not making the money they made yeah. in the 90s, 2000s, and now that they were back when Guy LaFleur was playing. So it's not like he has this comfy retirement to lean off on. So I'm sure it was an important thing for the LaFleur family. And just that level of taking care of your own, I think that that mentality, whether it's in different ways now, you know, refurbishing the alumni suite. Alfie was in the building. Chris Phillips was there. Chris Neal was there. Having the alumni be a part of it, it, it cannot be understated in terms of not only building your fan base and honoring the history, but you know how much nostalgia do we tap into, especially during the COVID 310 days. 310 days without ho- Sense Hockey, this process was 10 days longer. Like we're in the same. Right, so the nostalgia aspect and being able, you and me as guys who grew up around this team, being able to go to the game and hey, you might run into Radic Bonk, you might, you know, <laughs> you know, see these guys who played big roles on the team when you were growing up in that formative year, and that's just going to continue to allow these younger generations of sense fans to feel like they're ne- like, yeah, they're getting older, but it feels like that team, it's it's still together. You know, it's not fragmented into different segments. It's one team throughout the years and I just love that mentality and I'm, I'm excited to see it kind of take its time and grow together.
1: Yeah I mean nostalgia is one of my favorite emotions it, it gives you that warm cozy feeling uh, you, you get brought back to to the good old days and that's the thing you need to have alumni involved and you need to be welcoming to alumni because it gives a sense of pride that they're like, I was an Ottawa Senator. I loved my time in Ottawa and I want to keep supporting and repping the brand that is the Ottawa Senators. And when other players see that those players are coming back and being welcomed, they want to be involved in that because they get a taste of the nostalgia as well. When fans see that, they see that there's stability in the organization and behind the scenes, uh, people still want to be around and, Look, you can call it what you want, like whether it's just optics and, and, you know, photo shoots and things like that. Sure, that's fine. But there is deeper meaning and value to that. And I think that Michael Anlauer, a guy that's been involved in hockey for a long time, CHL, AHL, uh, the NHL a minority owner with the Habs, he has an understanding of the importance of that. And I think that goes a long way.
0: Open invite, Michael, if you want to come on the show. And that was where I want to change into some one liners. And Claire Hanna friend of the show, says, Mr. Ann Lauer, correct, right away, goes, it's Michael, it's Michael, and what a a stark contrast in terms of Mr. Melnick to Michael, just being able to have first name basis, I thought that really stood out, was there any one-liners where, I know you're clapping half the time, you might not have been able to hear them all, (laughs) but was there one line or two lines that really stuck out that gave you a chuckle? Well, I love that uh, he's
1: finally doing the right thing and uh, throwing out his dirty laundry that is Hab's gear from his closet. I mean, just get that out of there. You can have a nice bonfire uh, at the Ann Lauer Westboro residence now that you got some kindling. So that was something that I was very happy to hear.
0: Yeah, I love that one. I also like the the zinger saying to my kids, thank you for allowing me to spend your inheritance on my passion. That got a good a good laugh out of the crowd there. Uh, and then he thanked all the all the lawyers. And then he goes, even though the bill was large enough, I should probably thank you too. Thought that that was a good little one-liner as well.
1: Uh, yeah, anytime you can take a dig at lawyers, I'll, I'll applaud that. Yikes!
0: And uh, I already mentioned too. Good to finally meet you, Bruce. You know so much about me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, can't, can't wait to hear uh, Mar- Martians. Um, backstory from talking to bruce about that one
0: i cannot believe that, that was such and a-
1: then and a uh, Batman even chimed in there Batman, and goes or uh, i forget exactly what he said but Batman had a little chime in to michael too like yeah you're gonna want to get to know this guy that
0: is so good awesome what do you say we turn our attention to the on ice product for the ottawa senders otherwise do you have any final thoughts that you want to wrap up this part of the uh, show with uh, the final thought, something that we haven't really got into yet is I like how every
1: time I feel like the CBC reporters and, and the real estate angle of it, we're really trying to g- get him to say something focused on profits or development and all that kind of stuff. And he he was very adamant on focusing on the new arena. The main focus is going to be fan focused. And and that's the thing. Like, look, we all we all get it. The, the Sens when mr melnick bought them and brought brought them to canada it was a smart real estate deal there's cheap land out there he was able to build the arena you got a lot of land it's being developed it it makes sense business-wise but for this new arena for this team to be successful it's got to be focused around the fans like it's got to be in a spot that's accessible it's got to be in a spot where as soon as the game's done you're, you're not pulling the Laleem's Martian and you're running to the parking lot so that you can get out of there as fast as possible. That's ridiculous. Like, it's got to be in an area where people are like, oh, that was a sweet game. Like, I don't want to go home. I'm still buzzing off that W. Like, let's go grab a beer at the 10 bars or 10 uh, available spots or the out-of-towners that are coming to see the sense. Oh, I don't, I'm not just going to go get an uber to my hotel because there's nothing else to do there's lots of stuff around or i can just walk around and my hotel's right here or there, there's places to stay like that's the thing it's got to be in a spot where fans are going to want to be in the area and look i love the ctc it, it feels like home to me but the thing is in comparison to other markets and other arenas it's 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 not the same fan experience, and, and that's the real issue with the CTC is, is the location isn't really in a spot where you want to hang around after the game, unfortunately. So I thought that was something that I really tied on to, Ross, is that the focus, at least for Michael Anlauer and what he's talking about, is how can we make the experience best for the fans?
0: That is what it's all about. It's a fan driven league. It's also a gate driven league. So they're going to need to pack this building wherever it is. And let's wrap up with a look at the crew. This is the power brokers that be Michael and front and center with Cyril leader, Aaron Crow on his, his right our left. If you're watching this on YouTube and on the other side, Gary Bettman and Pierre Dorian, Pierre smile. And he's about to crush a glass of champagne, but absolutely fantastic to see. And now, The real work begins for the Ottawa Senators as they prepare for the first preseason game coming Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. And then it's fast and furious from there, Pilsy. The week ahead, as we look, Monday night, they play at Toronto, 7 o'clock Eastern, Wednesday in Montreal, and then Friday at home to Winnipeg. We expect uh, Friday either before or after that game, probably right after that game, a huge set of cuts because after... Next Saturday, a week from tomorrow, the Ottawa Senators will head to the East Coast where they will play in Cape Breton on Sunday and in Halifax the following Monday, the October 2nd. So much to get to, and that's why it's great that you have Locked On Senators five days a week. Actually, seven this week, Pilsy. Because we're putting a little bonus out tomorrow. We've got a full episode coming, almost an hour, with the Locked On Canucks, guys. That's going to be over at the Locked On Canucks channel. And then, Pilsy, why don't you tell the good people what's coming up Sunday in the Ring of Honor?
1: Well, I just want to touch on the Locked On Canucks. Those guys are absolute beauties. Uh, Ross and I uh, get a kick out of watching their show. They they do a great job entertaining. And Locked On Sens fans... Check out the episode and do these guys a favor. Let's get them to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. They're at just over 800, so they're so close. So help out the boys at lockton Connex Canucks. Go subscribe on YouTube. And the Ring of Honor that we're doing this weekend, I believe, unless, unless we've changed it, Ross, but the, the plan is to do best sound bites of Ottawa Senators history.
0: And what's that going to do? That's absolutely sick. It's going to be absolutely sick. That's all I got to say.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be cuz oh my god like Ross we could probably do uh um ring of honor of best sound bites from the last 6 years. Easily. <laughs> Easily. Easily
0: like there's been some wild wild sound bites. DJ, you like that idea?
1: Yes. Ha ha ha. Yes.
0: Absolutely. Here we go. Senators hockey is back back back. We'll touch on the first day line combinations next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. No music? Hit the music. All right. Welcome back. Locked on Senators. Reminder, you can advertise with Locked on Senators. Your business could have been promoted right there before I hit the music. A reminder as well. Locked on Senators. Five days a week. Also available on YouTube where we appreciate a subscription, a comment. They all go a long way. Today's comment, I got to get back to doing that at the start of the show. I just got so fired up today, declaring it one of the best days in Senators history. What would be your number one priority for Michael Anlar? What's first on your list? We had over 100 replies on Twitter. so If you want to scroll through that, you can. Some people say make Pilsen Ross the voice of the Ottawa Senators. We're comfy where we are, but we appreciate the kind words as well. Kelsey, what was the biggest storyline for you at a training camp? As we're now day two, players are on the ice, but if the media isn't covering the skates, does it even matter? Because I haven't heard a single thing at a training camp today because everyone was boots on the ground at the Michael Anlauer press conference.
1: Well, luckily we got our guy, Kevin Lee, Sen Central Citizen. Uh, he, he's he been kind of uh, updating as things go here, so that's been good. Shout out Kevin Lee. Um I don't. There, there are a lot of things that I want to get into. Ross, uh, is there a particular direction you want to start, or should I, should I t- put my uh, my hands on the wheel and drive the bus here? I don't know if that's a good idea.
0: I'll just say, number one, we are awaiting uh, Unis needs new pads. Right? He's not going to rock the best helmet in franchise history and wear white pads. He's not going full Matt Murray. We can't allow it. No. Uh, yeah. What's what's with goalies wearing white pads these days? Like. No. We can't accept it. We we have to assume these are his L.A. Kings pads, which were all white. Yes, he needs to get some new pads, and we'll we'll put the word out there if he hasn't yet. So that's we'll start in the crease and we'll work our way out because I think the biggest storyline is that Thomas Shabbat thinks he's playing the right side. I know that's not something that you're a big fan of.
1: No, uh, that's that's one of those uh, thanks I hate it type news updates. I mean. I don't. And he said, uh, I, I think it was in Bruce's article, or I forget where it was. He said that he's played the right side before. I ain't seen it. When? Not as an Ottawa senator. Like there's no, there's no way he played any time on the right side as an Ottawa center. Maybe in in junior. You watch the team. You know. Yeah, I've seen a game or two. Yeah, I've
0: seen a game or two. Yeah, I've never seen Thomas Shabbat play the right side, so that's news to me as well. And- and especially, Ross, like we heard this was an
1: ongoing discussion with like DJ Smith probably was tired of talking about it left side, right side with Branny. And he clarified, he said, look, I like having left guys on the left side, right guys on the right side. But my exception is I don't mind putting a shutdown veteran defenseman on their offside because they're not going to have to handle the puck as much. And that's not a big deal. Thomas Shabbat is your top transition puck moving defenseman. I just I don't I don't know. I really don't like that idea. Now, is this a training day line setup that probably means nothing? Yeah, but I'm on a podcast. I'm gonna overreact and get crazy about it. I hate it. I want Thomas Shabbat playing on the left side where According to my two eyes, he's been playing the entire time as an Ottawa Senator. And I want Chikrin on that right side because I want Tom Shabbat moving that puck up the ice more often than Chikrin. And Chicken has played the right side more in the NHL than Tom Shabbat has. So maybe this is just a smokescreen uh, or just something to to get the buzz going. Or I don't know what the motive is for this, but I'm not a fan of Tom Shabbat on the right side.
0: Thomas Shabbat's played 9,188 minutes in the NHL. And I want to say every single one of them was on the left side. And, and I think just to, to further your point, it's like Chickering. one of his best attributes offensively is his booming slap shot. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to put one of them to be on the one-timer side, it feels like that would be the natural one. But again, it's still early, and there still is a lot of time for them to sort it out. The one clip, Claire, you did them dirty. The one clip that she posted that was like, Shabbat's been playing the right side, it was not well defended. The right- oh, I missed that. And it was it was not a great clip. They both ended up on the left side. Nobody was playing the right side. Josh Norris was back checking and playing the right You side.
1: know what? Actually, Ross, let's go with this. Two left side defensemen. Left side, strong side. If they want to try to go on the right
0: side, let them. But the left side, no chance. We got two guys there. So that means then you want Terasenko and Bathurston playing right side up front? I want Terasenko
1: playing right side, yeah. And sure, let's keep Bathurston on the right side too. That Actually, this is a new strategy. Guy Boucher would love this. The, the t- two on the right on forward, two on the left on defense, and the centerman just does whatever the heck he wants.
0: Whatever you want, however. But uh, yeah, Terasenko playing left wing for the first time in his career at training camp.
1: That I, thanks, I hate it as well. Like that, I just, you bring in a hired gun, a sniper, a, a Russian sniper, all of them, or at least most of them, prefer to play their off wing so they can get that shot off. And that's what Tarasenko is seemingly brought in to do. That's where he likes to play. That's where he's played his entire career. So moving him mm-hmm. to the left side of all players is such a strange move to me. Again, like that's you're putting the guys that, handle the puck and do what they do best on a certain side of the ice and you're moving them to the opposite side where they've n- they're there they have no experience and arguably probably are put at uh at a disadvantage by switching sides so i don't know like what what am i who am i
0: i'm just a podcaster but i, I don't love it ross i don't love it well, it's just day 1, so that's what we can tell you. I can't get the the sizing right here with these these graphics. It's really bothering me. That's something that our production team is going to have to get on ASAP. All right. Just ignore the white around the outside. You know what? We'll call it a frame. We're doing a nice little mm. framing here. I'll try to even it out for the there people we go. on YouTube. But for the people who are just listening here, we'll run through. These are the day one line combinations. And uh, we'll mention the one slight change that Kevin Lee uh, had going on Twitter. And we're waiting to see. I'm sure Group 1 will play one of the games on Sunday. The other will play on Monday. But the lines in particular go as follows. Stutes like a Chuck Giroux. Norris, Tarasenko, Batherson. we mentioned that. The third line is where it gets interesting. The third, I put in quotations again. We don't know what's what just yet, but it seems that Joseph is going to play center between Kubalik and Josh Bailey. And the asterisk there because Josh Bailey doesn't have a contract. He's on a PTO. Then Kastelik, Kelly, and McEwen. That's a thanks. I hate it because I really, like, for me, it's Kelly or McEwen in the lineup. Like, You need some level, and not to be disrespectful, you need some level of skill on the fourth line. I really believe that. I'm a fan of having a face puncher on the team or gritty, you know, enforcer, a guy who's going to make sure that nobody's taking liberties against your top players. But I do not need the fourth line to be devoid of skill. I just, I just, I need you to have a bit of skill. And that's why I'm a big fan of the fifth line, quote unquote. Ridley Gregg between Yuri Smekal and Igor Sokolov. And I'd like to let anyone know that Igor Sokolov finished sixth in the fitness testing this season. We know that first was Mark Kaslik, second was Jake Sanderson, third was Ridley Gregg, sixth, Igor Sokolov. And uh, from all accounts, Yuri Smekal came in unbelievable shape as well. So I'm very excited to see that line play in a game because they could be just as pesky I think as the Catholiclic line but add a little bit of an element of being able to put the puck in the back of the net
1: yeah that's fair I, I actually I, I like that fourth line of Kelly Cassie and McEwen Ross just just because I want those top three lines the top nine to be taking up majority of the ice share like if that fourth line plays under 10 minutes every night, In my opinion, that's great because I think there's so much skill and talent in this top nine that I want those lines moving regularly. I want them kind of uh, constantly switching in and uh, being able to keep guys fresh. So if that ends up being the fourth line, I don't mind it. But yeah, I do see what you're saying. It would be uh, good to get a little skill on there so that, you know. If there's opportunities where they are in the offensive zone, they can capitalize and hopefully uh, beat out another fourth line offensively. So that's definitely a fair fair thing there. And yeah, sh- shout out Igor. He's doing what he can to prove to this team that he's ready. I- I've mentioned it. I, when I visited him last offseason on the East Coast, he was very disciplined. He's very focused on his, uh, his physical working out and exercise and getting in shape. So that's just another proof. Igor to the team. Hey, I'm taking this seriously. This is this is a big, big year
0: for Igor. Six foot three, 223 pounds with an 8.5 percent body fat. I said I'm probably like 85 percent body fat. So he's he's a oh, step boy. ahead, dude. Imagine a line of Catholics, Makeal and Sokolov. They're all 225 pounds and they're all six foot three and taller. Like that, that would be a couple of units. So what I would do here. I would have Kelly and McEwen as my extra forwards. Okay. I'm in, in certain situations. I'm looking at a world where the third line is Shane Pinto, Kubelik, and Ridley Gregg. And that's how I, that's how okay. I would have my bottom yep. six. Pinto, Kubelik, Greg, Kastelik, Smekal, Sokolov, McEwen's the extra, or Kelly, or Josh Bailey, if he gets a contract. That's how I'd set up my lineup here as i'm looking at how it's kind of taking shape if i'm playing a little you know pick and pull and, and place that's that's where i'm putting things in the bottom 6 as of now
1: yeah i don't i don't mind it um so let's get to the the final kind of uh weird lineups spot here as far as i know ross Matthew joseph has not played any time at center ice in the nhl uh, maybe in tampa i'm not sure but I think maybe
0: in tampa he was the fourth line center yeah, so he's played more center than Shabbat's played right deep in the NHL. And
1: Tarasenko playing left wing. That, that I can be very sure of. But are we reading into this as writing on the wall? Or is this just a, a training camp lineup?
0: I believe I told you yesterday we could see Matthew Joseph be put in a position where people knew that he was not in the mix. This was not where I figured it to be in the middle. But I also was very clear that I thought it was gonna be a placeholder, whoever Shane was in Shane Pinto's spot next to Kubelik. So yeah, putting those two and two together, I'm I'm putting it that the writing's on the wall for Matthew Joseph in Ottawa.
1: And that's gotta be a little awkward for Joseph seeing Bailey in his wing spot. A guy who doesn't even have
0: a contract is in his spot.
1: Yeah. Eek.
0: Yikes. Uh,
1: I yeah. it... I, I've maintained that I, I think he he's going to be the guy that uh, is shipped out uh, to make the money work for Pinto this whole time, and I think it's just it's just a matter of time before a deal is worked out here. I I feel bad about it because it's man, it's got to be an awkward spot for him to be in here. But
0: and not only that, like he has the ability. Like if Joseph put up a yeah. uh, forty point season on a bad team on a top six and a second line or something, I wouldn't even be surprised. Like he has talent. Yep, he was super big bit last year and and he brings defensive plus. Like if a team gets Matthew Joseph and a draft pick, there's a good chance they could I know he's got 3 years left on his deal. That could be, you know, the the what holds back another team from flipping him, but you could flip him and get another draft
1: pick. Uh, yeah, that- pr- probably in year 3 yeah. of that deal. Yeah, when he's got one year left and and maybe even retain some salary, but honestly, I think Man, Chicago still needs some more talent on that roster. Like, ju- just signing Perry and Felino to massive overpayment one-year deals I don't think is uh, uh, set up for success for Bernard. So, I don't know. Matthew Joseph to Chicago. Maybe there's something there.
0: Yeah, well, Ottawa clearly it doesn't have a problem dealing with Chicago. They made the Zaitsev trade there. They made the, the Brinkett trade there. So, Anisimov. College- <laughs> Hey, he just signed a PTO in Detroit. <laughs> Happy, happy Trails, Artem! Party well, party! We actually put out the other day on Twitter at Send Central. We put out the um the full list of sends abroad, and they're you're really- you're wild for doing that. That is that's a classic Ross move. Hey, it gets it gets the people fired up, and it, it's something that I was curious about too. So I say, you know what? If I'm curious about it, maybe a few others are curious about it. So Absolutely. I put it out there. And if people are curious, Mark thoughts, takes heading into the season. You can go check out our episode with him from earlier this week, five shows this week. It's been a blast. And like I said, bonus content. We got one of the segments coming on our channel tomorrow. Go watch the whole thing with locked on Canucks ring of honor as well. Pilsy. We can't end the show without talking about the newest member officially of the Ottawa senators. Jabril Tourette will yes. be a part of the organization, signed his entry-level contract. The buzz around rookie camp was that this guy had so many raw attributes that they had to get him in the mix. He almost is what people thought Ben Roger would be. Big, tough, good skater. But I hope he goes back to Sudbury for his overager year. Because yep. even though he's 20 years old, he was playing Junior A with Pierre Dorian's son in Hawkesbury during his actual draft year. So despite being 20 years old, he just finished his rookie season in the OHL. So a long road ahead, but congratulations, Jabril Toure being the newest member of the organization.
1: Yeah, I love this. I mean, a six foot seven right shot defenseman that can skate. And if you're wondering, can he fight? Go check out that that tilt he had up against that Habs player. Beats the absolute wheels off him. So you love to see that. That's a good way to make an impression for sure. And look, Ross, I think this is where the Ottawa Senators are going to have to start trending here because the draft picks are not going to be as plentiful. And the draft Cupboard is not going to be stocked like it used to be the last couple of years. So you got to find ways to bring young talent into the organization outside of the draft. And I think this is a perfect example of of ways they can utilize that and use their draft capital to improve their NHL roster or to make their cap situation work. So I'm a big fan of this move. Uh, Mark Mathot spoke very highly of Touré. He kind of tipped us off. Hey, there's a lot of buzz around this guy. Keep your eye on him. And sure enough... Here he is, an Ottawa senator.
0: Love to see it. So welcome to the organization. Pillsy, any final thoughts on today's show? Final thoughts for me
1: is welcome to the new age, sends fans. These are our Michael Anlauer years. These are our Michael years, I should say. And I'm fired up about it. I'm clapping in my basement on, on my own here. Uh, it's, it fe- It just feels good that finally, Ross, when we wake up in the morning, it's not going to be like, all right, how, how are the sens messing up today what what story are we going to have to shake our heads at and cover today no i don't feel like that's going to be the case anymore it's going to be waking up being like how are we going to celebrate this dub and i'm i'm excited for that i'm excited to celebrate
0: i'm excited for it as well my final thoughts just something i forgot to mention when we were going over the lines it was roby yarventi who's getting a couple turns today with joseph at center and kubalik at left wing. So look for Roby maybe in a game to get a a couple shots on that third line uh, while things continue to unfold. Throughout the weekend as well, like I said, we've got videos dropping, but after the Senators game, no postcast for the early preseason games. Maybe we'll reassess that. I'm going boots on the ground. Ottawa is in Winnipeg on October So maybe the last two games, uh, I'm away that weekend, so maybe you and Marshy can get one on the Saturday. If so, we won't promise anything, but we will be gearing up for another full season of postcasts on Locked On Senators when the puck drops in Carolina on October 11th. We are 19 days away from Ottawa Senators' regular season hockey. So soak it all in. I was trying not to be hyperbolic when I said this is legitimately One of the greatest days in franchise history. Michael Anlauer introduced as the next owner of the team. It's been a long process, but it's done. It's here. And now it's time to drop the puck. For today, we say goodbye. Have a great weekend and make sure you're tuned in. Have the notification bell on. Locked on Senators on YouTube. We're going to post them on audio as well. Enjoy. For today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.